Right, that's me talking. This is me talking. Still, how am I still louder than you? Because you're loud. <laughs> I have to cut that off now. <laughs> cool. Right. Good morning. 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 It's um, very foggy today. It's very foggy. I can see to the edge of our bit of woods, which is like, what do you reckon that is? 30 metres? Yeah. 40? And then nothing. Can't yeah. see the fields. It's white. Can't I can't see our cars. But there are loads of spider webs covered in little little dewdrops. Which yeah. is what I like about the holly like is today. very good for looking at, at yes. that. Oh the buzzard up there. Um in the tree. You see a silhouette. Anyway, um yeah, we're in. It's very still and it's been very warm this week. Yeah. I feel like the podcasts are starting with a like my week in weather. Exactly. It's like <laughs> the weather in retrospect. What's it been like this week? Yeah. It's been lovely. Yeah. And Except we both have hay fever. Which is a curse upon forest school leaders. It but is, I think especially when it's tree pollen. Yes, allergic to the, the forest school leaders are allergic to trees. Mm. The irony, but I think both of our meds are starting to kick in now. I took mine for one day and then oh, stopped. Oh, you've stopped. Doesn't Ooh. seem to be. I mean, I might be sneezing and dying by the end yeah. of the podcast, but yeah, at the moment I feel fine. Cool. So. <laughs> We're going to talk about it's almost a this week in news. Yes. So there's a couple it's of political different, today. Yeah, it's going to get. Gemma might be standing up with the red flag and yeah. waving it. And yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about, um, I guess, class and wealth and whether outdoors is a right or yeah. a privilege. Yeah. So, because, should we talk about the news story first? Yes. Because I think that's the sort of, the most recent thing it was on it was on the BBC News main page yesterday um, which is the 27th yesterday of March um, and it was a story looking at one particular housing development where they had built up a walled play area for children um, and were enforcing that only the children in this housing development which was a well-off housing development um, well, it, it was that the I think all the the new developments have to have a certain percentage of social housing, mm-hmm. but there's already been stories about poor doors. You hear about those? Yep. So like the percent, um, you have the percentage that's social housing and the percentage that's privately owned, and the privately owned bit, even though it's the same development, has like swish and yep. you know lobby and fancy doors and all that malarkey, and then the the social housing bit has the Service poor hatch. door. And this, yeah, exactly. And this is like that, but the social tenants are not able to access the swanky <laughs> the playground. The playground. Yeah. And there was um, a lot of the articles written, uh, so there were quite a few opinion pieces on it, but I saw one article where they had talked to one of the children who was saying that she couldn't go and play with the other children, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how that made her feel and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I guess we can c- kind of, I don't know whether it's worth delving into that as a thing because it's outside of it's in the realms of us as play workers it's an interesting thing mm. but whether it's strictly applicable to forest school and the outdoors or whether you want to well then it kind of linked to um the blog that has uh, been doing the rounds written mm-hmm. by nick elvey um miss miss elvey's curious school of the wild and um so that's been shared quite widely and I think there are crossovers there because her blog is musing on whether the outdoors is a privilege and thinking about um, like for example the kit that you would need to buy or you'd hope to buy if you were going to be in the outdoors successfully so she talks about um, Duke of Edinburgh um, award and the kit list for that and how much actually that costs you and how exclusive that is then um, and excludes people who can't afford those things 
um, and talks about a, a speaker who's going around talking to students about um, like being outdoors and micro adventures and that kind of thing and then a student going why would I pay to do this like my life at home is already really hard I'm already mm. eating really basic food and sleeping on the floor why would I go outdoors and do that and so that whole culture of like oh just go back to basics you know it's, it's in such some way a middle class kind of oh yeah it's just so wholesome to like live like a homeless person for well a I was gonna say it kind of um the woods, like. there was uh and now this is vague history so I'm gonna talk in broad terms there was particularly in France, I think in the 1800s, a trend of dressing like, like commoners, peasants. Oh, yeah, like peasants. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps this rings a little bit of that mm. of, ho-ho, isn't it japes to, yeah. to go and sleep somewhere uncomfortable? Yeah. Which is deeply, um, I was going to say offensive, but I don't know if offensive is the right word. Yeah. Maybe unsettling if your home life is yeah. sleeping somewhere uncomfortable yeah. or sleeping somewhere cold or yeah. doing whatever but then I don't know I worry that you if you started going down that road uh, I don't know it's just having an awareness isn't it and having mm. and being kind of sh- uh, shaken from your little bubble of middle class loveliness to mm. realise that actually there are a lot of barriers that are invisible to you because you're just riding along on your privilege and yeah you don't necessarily see it so especially because we're sort of fighting for a cause already mm-hmm. you see what I mean so I think we're particularly prone to being blind to the issues that are going along because we're focused on oh my gosh the current education system is stopping children being outside oh my gosh we're losing our yeah. connection to nature we're like blazing the trail hopefully for a particular cause but um and getting quite righteous about it as we should and that's not to say yeah. that that's bad it's just that we um we come up across an, a lot of barriers anyway from mostly adults kind of uh, pushing back against us or policy pushing back against mm. us. And actually an issue much closer to home might be that we're here fighting for all these children to have this opportunity, but actually the poverty that some of those children face means that they can't access it and we're yeah. not really looking in the right places. I think it's, um to take it really close to home, it's... um. It's often, I think it's something where you, uh, when we try and empathise with other people, and particularly like parents in schools, um, it can be really difficult to. Um, so the blog, um, so Nick, mm-hmm. talk, talks about um, you know it's difficult to get a good pair of waterproof trousers for mm. under forty or fifty quid. Mm. It's difficult to get uh, whatever, um, but I know I have heard lots of forest school teachers and outdoor practitioners who when the people say oh they don't want the kids to get muddy there's a, there's sometimes not always i think most people have um a modicum of empathy but i have heard people say oh well you know it's like one change of clothes how difficult can that be to mm. pay and you go okay well it, mm. one that might be you know if you haven't got a washing machine in your home mm. that might be a massive or you've trip only got up. one pair of school trousers and they've only come trousers, in their uniform yeah. but also think taking it wider than that and empathising that yes you are asking for um, one change of clothes for forest school but in the broader context that the school is asking for forest school on this day and a washed mm-hmm. PE kit on this day. And mm-hmm. Also, we're going to make um, bread on tomorrow, so can mm-hmm. everyone come, come in with yeah. their own flour and all, mm-hmm. and all those things that you do get asked for. And 
yes each of those things in isolation you know flour isn't mm. much washing a PE kit isn't much but you add it all up and it does yep. um, it, it can become a thing where you go right well what's the thing I'm going to drop yeah yep. it's probably going to be yep. the outdoors which it, I think it, and also it's, it come, it touches on that idea that some people um, if they misunderstand what forest school is can come to a few sessions and then can go oh well, we can do this ourselves you can mm. do this yourselves absolutely you can do yourselves this is mm. um, I, I sort of try and think in my head of forest school as, as a springboard so that it's like mm. a concentrated dose yeah. once a how you know once mm. a week and the hope is that you carry that on yeah throughout the week and yes maybe we point out that the holly berries are out mm. at the moment mm. but then when you walk to school and you go past the holly bush oh you see them there and mm. and all those things and so um yeah i mean like when when we met this morning mm-hmm. you were like oh you know having read the blog, oh, the like blog made icky, me feel very uncomfortable feeling and um i've kind of had that uncomfortable feeling since leaving you know as i said before on the podcast lots of times like i'm a mm. big advocate for like good state education i don't like the way it is mm-hmm. at the moment but i i'm a socialist basically and i have a personal problem myself with the fact that i would never well never say never but I would prefer yeah. not to go and work in a private school, for example. That's not part of my value system. However, I have effectively left state education and helped set up a private school here in this forest. It mm-hmm. is because you have to pay to come, you know. Yeah. And um, and we have received funding for some projects which have enabled us to deliver free sessions for local schools and stuff like that. So it's not 100%. Um, yeah, there, there have been opportunities where we have been able to offer stuff for free. But at the end of the day, most of our clients have paid mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't sit comfortably with me because um, at the same time you're also because of kind of the way times have changed I've also felt this weird thing about forest school that if I'm explaining it to somebody who's never heard of it I almost always end up using the phrase my job is to be paid to deliver the kind of childhood that I had as a child for free mm-hmm. um, and that sits uncomfortably with me as well because it's sort of like well here is nature and it is nature but Mm. this is a safe bit of nature that belongs to you and people come here and we enable them to have as Mm. free a play experience as possible where 30 years ago you would have just gone and you would have done that um whether it be in a natural landscape or on a building site or a bit of both this was my case but um so I think I see it. I think I see. It. I, I, completely empathise with that, and I do have mm. moments where I feel the same. Um, but I would. So we've talked before. I don't think on the podcast, but how um, sometimes my thoughts about what are we, what are we doing? You know, what is the value of us? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, what is the value of it? Moves kind of in a in a, a circle of like. Oh, actually, I'm a play-based designer, mm. uh, and then and I'm not actually here. I'm just here to sort of like lay out the activ- the things, and see what the kids go for. Um, and then a, a little while later, I might, you know, in a, in a week or two's time, I might go. No, actually, I think I'm here to be a, a mentor and a, just a person in their in the children's lives to, to kind of so that they can see an adult in the world and have a chat with someone who has an expertise. And then I kind of think. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe we're here to be, um, like, 
parenting, not parenting role models, that sounds very big-headed, but to kind of... But a place to discuss A place to discuss issues. parenting and a place to, mm. to experience a, a type of um, education and a type of uh, way of interacting. Um, yeah. But um, so what I would say is that, uh, yes, so you and I are different ages and I, I don't think I had the childhood mm. of this. I think I had a, a maybe touches of it. Yeah. But my parents um, are not outdoor, outdoors confident people. They couldn't, it sounds, it sounds very silly when you boil it down to like, they couldn't name plants or they mm. couldn't do that because that's not what a, yeah. no, a knowledge of nature is. But um, sometimes I think that one of the valuable things that we do is um, offer a chance for parents who, like me, didn't have that. Mm. It's almost an, as a... Uh, a safe inroad yeah. into yeah. like I do want that to be you know I, I didn't have a really strong nature connection yeah. um, in my childhood with my parents and so I'm going maybe I can, but I would like my children to have it yeah. so that it's a bit like if you, you if if we accept that state education has a purpose it's to educate children differently than their parents mm. limitations mm. right I don't believe that because mm. I'm home ed championing mm. but um, the, in the same way that I would wouldn't say to a child I don't know how to play um, the piano so you will never learn how to play the piano because mm. there is no way we yeah, can yeah. learn to play the piano I do think there's a value in and that's where I, th- I feel more okay with it being a paid service because it's uh, because I, because in if I wanted to learn to play the piano I would yeah. go and see a piano teacher yeah and I would and I would pay for an expertise and then I would I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Just yeah, completely. I see, ex- I see your point ex- of view, you know. and that is quite a kind of home ed point of view. Because as a home eding parent, if you want to v- offer a broad curriculum, then that mm. is what you would need to do. Um, whereas, if you look at it uh, from a more socialist point of view, you would say, "Well, it's the state's job to provide um, for free the mm. access to a really well-rounded and broad-balanced experience of education that will uh, lead you to have a fulfilling life as an adult." Mm-hmm. And nature connection and free play and being outdoors should be a massive part of that and it should be for free and mm-hmm. people should be able to access that for everybody not just people who you know because we definitely have families who we have wealthy families and less wealthy families who attend obviously it is not it's not a very i'd say we do have a kind of yeah yeah, yeah. fairly white well, i say that how can you know you can't really know can you but um there are definitely some families for whom they will go oh okay that's a bit of a pinch but I'm going to pay it as opposed Mm -hmm. to some families who will go oh yeah just doesn't matter if we miss yeah exactly um but it should be but at least we're we're already engaging with those parents who are engaged if you know what I mean that's another thing it's not just money it's about self-selecting audience yeah Yeah. it's about people who know what forest school is to begin with and after knowing what it is be interested in it and be bothered to make the effort to make that experience happen for their child whereas if it's at school and it's for everybody and it's done well and properly then that's where i think that's where i think every child whether their family had ever heard of forest school before or whether their parents value it or not they get the experience to to have it and i think that's where i um uh that's possibly where the 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 gears grind to a halt for me so like we i've almost got foots in two camps because we do run a ofsted registered kindergarten which is government funded for a lot of for most of the children that come there and so we are we are 
free education yep, yep, and now, yep, now you know true. so we do yeah, do we do yeah. do that yeah. we also have the other bit where we're a privately funded thing yeah. um but part of that you know you could you could look at it and say i'm going to go i'm going to come back to another point in a minute but you could look at it and say yes the private sessions are um more expensive and and no, have a self-selecting audience mm. but they um facilitate us to underpay ourselves and run well, a, yeah, that's but, which is the thing but yeah. that's not, but yeah. so second so the, the, to go back to what you were saying about where if it is in the school and it should be um free to everyone mm. and all this and then um the bit that I want to touch is you said and good yes. it's a good practice yeah and I think that is where um you feel the the gears grind to a halt because I think if you I would have absolutely no issue with grants and saying this is you know mm. you can be the forest school teacher uh, you know with mm. the with government will pay children will come here you do the sessions for those you know, absolutely no issue with it mm-hmm. but I think well and I would hope not I hope I would imagine lots of other practitioners have had the same thing where they go in with that mentality of like okay I can get a contract with a school to deliver forest school once a week once an afternoon for this class mm. that is brilliant mm. and then two weeks in you start to realize that they're going to slightly alter what oh, you're doing course, and three course. weeks in they're going to yeah. and so you end up with this um because uh because state education has a need to unify and to homogenize mm. and and to go look well we can measure that a B- birmingham child is getting the same nature outdoor connection mm. than a child in southampton I, I don't I disagree that that should be the case. I think you should go well. There's different nature in Birmingham, course, and there's different yeah. things in well, Southampton, whatever. Um, well, but, I believe that schools and teachers should have far more autonomy than they do now. Like, well, ex- exactly, and I think far. that's what drives people then to go into private sector because yeah, they have more control. Have more control, and I think that's what's brought you and I yeah. to where we are. Not necessarily that we looked at it going in and went, mm. "This is the private sector, and it will give us this." You, mm. I think the appeal was, you can you can provide the service that you believe is valuable mm. and see if there is an audience yeah. for it yeah now yes that comes you know it comes with all the different caveats and whatever mm. else but it's like uh i know lots of people use the word sell their soul when they talk mm. about school sessions and, mm. and things like that so um it's, yeah. tr- it's, it's yeah, difficult yeah. I'm, you know definitely and um and making it pay is an absolutely huge problem you yeah. know it's yeah, like yeah. We just you sort of go along doing it, and then you do your tax return, and you're like, "I'm sorry, what? Mm. What? How? How? This isn't." Feasible. What did I put in? I put into the, some one of the government websites the other day how much I work and how much money I make, mm. and it and it and it popped up and said, "Can you just double check this number because you're being paid below the minimum wage?" Yeah. For the you know, yeah. and I was just like, yeah, "Yeah, no, I am." Like, and you know, and we've had and as a um, yeah education provider for the council, and we had the guy from the council yeah, come yeah. round and was like this is all amazing I'm a bit worried about how sustainable it is for you though can you not like have some more children in or like up your rate like Mm. you really need to how are you living run another day and have more children we're like we can't have more children this is what we want 10 children it's forest school we don't want to you know have our um, diminish diminish the quality so that you can maximize and that's the that I would say is a lot of nurseries um, business model is more to you know one one very qualified person lots of assistance mm. maximize the amount of children that are in mm. go you know yeah that's that's how you and then go right well the government pays this much and this much and this much but yeah. um you are sacrificing yeah a quality a quality there not you know not completely and then not saying it's awful and no, no. no nursery should ever exist but that yeah it is a different 
One thing that's just struck me as well is that probably a lot of people listening to this will be offering services that, as a forest school that we don't, for example, mm-hmm. um, services for the council for... Um, Cruise. Yeah, so uh, children out of education, excluded children, um, all the rest of it, and that is... And I would really... like Often with this podcast, I really want more people to be here or for a dialogue to, um, mm-hmm. to start because I would really love to hear more about how that is working for people and whether that is a kind of reliable source of income and a thing that they think is delivering the ethos of Forest School um, in an idealistic way or whether there are lots of compromises that have to be made there as well in the same way as going into schools and things like that Um, and whether people pay on time and all of that kind of thing Mm. because we've also had issues with that even with the work with schools that we have it's just it's a whole minefield so you've got this altruistic vision of mm. like offering it to as many people as possible uh, an affordable rate or free and then you just come up against as a business owner all of these issues that mean like if you need food on the table for your family you know it's difficult um yeah i don't know i mean i, I, was, I was thinking about like could you could you imagine a, a world so i, I think it, it does come down to politics i really think it's a it, we're talking yeah. about a yeah. political issue Um, on a kind of nationwide level and I'm thinking in an idealistic world what what would be the answer so you design a government and what is their attitude to forest school for children and families well I think um, I think uh, if I cherry picked from other um, other nations and other examples of okay so uh, you know because i'm i don't think you could pick something completely out of the air i'm trying to think of other things i would i would uh pin my colors on um later state education so seven Mm. possibly eight Mm -hmm. um and like the 33 hours Mm -hmm. i would have something that was in place that said um from the age of five to seven if you want to Mm. the government will give you um credits towards uh, like outdoor provision provision. Mm. um or or just like i think that's where it would be it would be tricky to enforce because so the way that it uh, you know like childcare credits work Mm. at the moment is like it's just childcare. it doesn't matter to the government whether you spend it on Mm. a deluxe outdoor Mm. there's two adults to every child kind Mm. of nursery or whether you spend that at your and and what's available to you Mm. um and all those things um and uh so i think that's what i would kind of i think that would Mm. have a massive impact i think that would work and but it would have to i mean at the moment um funding for nursery is four pound seven in our county anyway per child uh whatever kind of setting you're running so if you are uh, an indoor nursery with 30 children in one room and mm. one qualified person and a couple of assistants who are less qualified then it's the same so that would have to change I mean that's got to change anyway it's, uh, oh yeah, yeah there's, there's the whole, whole champagne yeah, lemon, you know, lemonade isn't it and, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a topic for a different um, yeah. podcast because I think um, the idea that whether being outdoors is a privilege is something that um yeah, if we're going to think about it politically, it's a question of well, is it not? Is it gone? But um, 
you know, as more and more stuff is sold, more and more land is sold into mm. the private sector or to the National Trust or mm. to, um, you know, there are less spaces to take your children to do it for free. To yeah. it for free. Yeah. And so is it a backed into a corner kind of situation where, well, how do we get back from there? You're talking about a government trying to buy back mm. green space, mm. which... I mean, I think. Well, if they can't do that, they should be subsidising and funding forest schools. Then, shouldn't they? They should be going. Okay, you guys are all the money qualified. we made from selling this yeah. green space is going to go yeah. into yeah. outdoor provision. Yeah. You know, I think they've got um, other things on their plate at the moment. Well, they shouldn't. Yeah, let's let's try and keep um. It's kind of <laughs> important. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So. Because people haven't had enough of politics and what oh they want to know is... is but do you know what, though? People have had... They haven't had enough of politics because they've had enough of Brexit and they haven't had enough of all the other stuff that's happening. Yeah. With that, but nobody's talking about it. Anyway. You're right. No. Because <laughs> I've just watched The Age of Stupid, the film about climate change. Right. Uh, which is being re-released because it's 10 years old and, um, and it hasn't aged. It's just terrifying. Can people watch that somewhere? Yes. So it's been it's being re-released, and the um, if you want to find ways to see it, then you can go to Spanner Films website. Spanner as in like a wrench. Who spell it? S P A N N E R. Films. Films. Something like that. Okay, and it's called The Age of Stupid. The Age of Stupid, directed by Franny Armstrong. Yeah, watch it. It's good and terrible. It's fired you up. It's fired me up, man. And yeah, does mean that. We might all be out of a job anyway because we'll be able to go outdoors. Yeah, we will. Because the weather will be more, so extreme. Because we'll have to buy more extreme clothes. <laughs> Do you like an indoor-outdoor kind of thing where it's like fake woods inside a massive hangar? Yeah. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we talked around the topic of. I don't know that we've put the world to rights. No, we, we, we don't yet. solve anything. Um, I don't think that was the. Okay. Um, it would be good. I imagine there will be lots of thoughts popping around this one where we've yeah. been offensive or, yeah. you know, shown our ignorance in some way. Oh, so, definitely. um, yeah, please we point out yeah, our ignorance. Please do share your amazing success stories or otherwise of making it um, accessible to everybody. Yeah. Um, I did try and set up a website page thing blog spot for the podcast right um so it does exist somewhere so maybe if i try and find it then we'll put it in the show notes put it in the show notes and then people can go there and tell us have a chat what we don't know cool um i say again we're at the somerset play forum uh i've forgotten the date i knew it last week it's in june it's in june it's june 17th or 19th one of those 19th. 19th yeah um we were having a chat about storytelling and we've also oh so we've got two well so if you want to come to the somerset play forum you can hear us talk about storytelling and music's practical workshop um and there's lots of other bits going on there or if you would like to we are running a full day of storytelling and music and drama and kind of how all that creative art stuff feeds into forest school and how it can feed into um outdoor sessions at schools um, and that is on our website. It's on the 28th book. of April. On the 28th of April. It's a so Sunday. It's a whole day. It's a Sunday. Um, nice, yeah, it should be really, really good. So, um, yeah, have a look at those two. And if not, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.